Welcome. It's good to be here, Mitch. Thanks for having me. here again on the rest day, the third rest day. Um, I'm here with Nate Brown, downtown Nate Brown. Um, that's your nickname. How's, actually, let's go straight to that. How's that come, come about? I got that nickname when I was 18 years old. I raced for a junior team, uh, Hot Tubes. And he, hot Tubes? Hot Tubes. Yeah, custom paint. He does custom paints and custom frames, but he runs a uh, junior team. Sick name. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, so he just started calling me Downtown Nate Brown, and then it just became Downtown. And for the next five years, that's everyone knew me as Downtown. And it kind of faded, but it's like making a reappearance now. People are starting <laughs> to use it again. Has it got any reference to anything happening Downtown? No, I don't think so. <laughs> it, just, it just goes Downtown Nate Brown. Yeah, right. Nice. I like it. Welcome, Nate Brown, um, our fourth member of the team. Actually, I've got to say something today on the pod. We're not going to be able to get Tom Scully. Annoyingly, he left the tour. Um, he was still in good form, but um, he got pulled by the team. They need to rest him up because he was a, a late call up into the team. Um, and so might have tipped him over his edge if he tried to push on. No doubt he would have made the end easily. Um, so I'm going to have to maybe do a correspondence with um, Scully. I've been wanting to get him on the pod anyway, but he pissed off before I could get him on this little series. Um, Nate, born in Colorado, yep, moved to Tennessee, now in Austin, Texas. Ah, oh, but now I've moved back to Tennessee. Right. Yep. So I went from Tennessee to Austin when I was 19. I've spent six years there. And then I just bought my first house back in Nashville, Tennessee. Where's your family, Tennessee? My, my family's in Tennessee. So my parents are outside of Memphis. My little brother's in Knoxville. My sister goes to school 40 minutes from Nashville. So everyone's kind of in Tennessee. Why'd you go to Austin? Um, my good friend Lawson actually lived there. Huh. So I went down there for like a training camp when we were under 23s on Trek Livestrong. Mm-hmm. And I just loved it. I loved training. It's like a young city. Mm. So I was like, oh, yeah, I, w- I want to stay here. And and then I didn't leave. And But now it's it's gotten so big. It's like 2,000 or 2 million people now. In that time, it changed that much. Yeah, it's probably grown close to a million people. Yeah, right. So I was like, ah, I, I want something a bit smaller, which Nashville's like a bit smaller, but it's growing quickly. So we'll see how, <laughs> how long I stay there. Yeah, right. And then obviously in Europe, you're in Girona. Yep. Been Girona for four years now. Nice. Yeah. And, I, and you just mentioned then, um, four years on Trek Livestrong. Did that overlap with Joe? Yes, I was with Joe for, <laughs> I want to say two years. Yeah, yeah. That was the first time I met Joe was on that team. He was just coming up from uh, mountain biking and he was this awkward... <laughs> just kind of a 
misfit almost, but he fit into that team and it like he's a good friend of mine now. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, it was really cool. Now you say. Back yeah, well, then, I, back then I didn't really know him, and I everyone always like, ah, oh, Joe, he's a weird dude, but no, nah, I mean, he's, I really like Joe. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember that case? Because I asked him the other day um, how he got to where he was, and he got this call up and appeared at um, True Utah out of the blue. Were you on that race? I did not do Tour to Utah, no, yeah. but he, uh, yeah, he did that, and then the next year he joined the team. Yeah, right. Yeah. right. So then tell, tell me quickly... How did you come to Trek Livestrong? Because Livestrong, because it doesn't happen sort of that easily. You have to obviously prove yourself to get in that team. Uh, yeah, so I did two years on the junior team, Hot Tubes, which it's probably, I want to say, one of the best junior teams in the world, for sure, in the U.S. Um, he has, I mean, he had Ian Boswell on the team, Lawson Craddock, mm. uh, Ben King. Sure. So he's had some really good riders. And so I did two years on that team, and then I got the call my last year, junior. I got the call from Axel, and he said, we want you to join the team. But at the time, Savello was thinking about doing a development team. So I told Axel no. Yeah, right. So originally I said, no, Axel, I'm going to Savello. (laughs) They're making a junior team or a U23 team. Um, thanks very much yeah, for no yeah, thanks, thank yeah. you and like no one says no to Axel like Shit, he's, no. he's the best U23 team out there and that's the that's the feeling I got from um, Joe the other night yeah yeah and <laughs> and then so the team didn't the Svela team didn't happen and it was Shit. October November and I remember I like called Axel back up and I basically begged for his spot and I was like what was his response like at first he played a little bit of hardball like yeah, it's kind of late in the game. I don't know if we have a spot for you. And I, I basically said, Axel, like, I, I really, really want this spot. Like, I'm desperate. And he said, okay, we'll let you, uh, we'll give you a spot for, I think, he, yeah, he gave me a two-year deal then. Sick. Yeah, yeah. So that's how I ended up on, on Trek Lift, Sean. Yeah, right. Yeah. Huh. I didn't know that. Yeah. All right, and then, so fast forward those four years. Tell me about... How you made the jump then from Trek to Garmin, as it was back then, which is now our team, EF. Right. Um, run me through sort of the, the final sort of results there in the last year, because four years in the development team, were you getting to the point where you're like, I don't know if I'm, I can make it? It definitely became a make or break it, because I was in my fourth year, my last year, U23, I switched coaches, so that so at the end of my third year on the team, I switched to Jim Miller, and basically we were like, we're going all in. It's everything or nothing. And I started out and I got second at U23 Liège, yeah. so that kind of like got the momentum and my confidence for that. The rest was that of- something you focused on, or it just sort of happened? It kind of happened. Yeah. Yeah, that for sure kind of happened because I went there not even as a team leader. It was more for like Jasper Stoyven and and I was I happened to get into the right break and then it went to the line and then I got second and then my confidence was like through the roof that I was like, Okay, I can do this, I can do this and uh I went to her boast that year, which is a race yep. in Canada. Um So just it started it, rolling. So yeah, it yeah. Started, and the results started rolling and I got a call I think in 
July from JV. Yeah, right. Early. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah quite early, and I was pleasantly surprised. And he was like, "We'd really like you on the teams." Um, so we talked back and forth, and I felt like this was the right fit. Was that at that point there? Were you like, you know, I'll take anything, or were you like, no, I'm pretty sure I want to go to Garmin. I was really leaning towards Garmin. I had one other offer, but I mean, I just felt like Garmin was the right. Yeah. yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, and this is something you were telling me, um, maybe it was even a couple of weeks ago now, seeing as we've been here so long. We're talking about the Tour de France, and then you, I didn't even know you'd ridden the tour. Um, and you told me it was a bit of a late call up, 2017, get the call up for the Tour de France. So what happened there? Yeah, I, well, we'll back, go to the beginning of 2017. I told. My, every writer has their personal director and Tom Southam was mine and I told him at the start of the year Tom I want to do the Tour de France like that is my goal for this year and he said to me make it happen then open that door Wow! and so the whole year even though I was not on the team my goal was I want to make the Tour de France team shit so I not even on the long list I wasn't on the long list I wasn't considered there was no talk about the Tour de France None. And I went through the year and I did my work for the team and I tried my best at every race. And then California, I rode for Andrew and I think I had a really good race and Andrew was super happy. Talansky, yes. And (coughs) then I started to get wind that, well, maybe we'll send him, but still no, like, you're going to the tour, none of that. And then I went to the Dauphiné and during the Dauphiné, they said, we're going to send you to a pre-tour camp. So that's the first time that I knew, like, okay, well, maybe I'll be going to the, the tour. So yeah. this is, what, two and a half weeks before the tour, three weeks? So I go up to Andorra, pre-tour camp, um, and then probably a week into that, I got a call saying, you're on the tour team. Well, tell me this, because obviously you want to have, for the tour, you'd want the ideal, let's say, two months out, you're in the tour. Yep. So you can start gauging, you know, ideally you want the six-month lead up. So you can start gauging your training block building up to that. But what from my case from what you're saying is pretty much almost peaking at California. If you weren't peaking there, you were most certainly peaking at Dolphinay. Then you get sent to a camp to try and find some extra fitness if you weren't already like fit to then go into a three week race. Yeah. And what was, is that how it happened? Or were you actually by chance still coming up uh no i mean it's exactly how it happened like california was probably a peak and then i carried it to dauphine and my biggest concern was i'm gonna get to the tour and yeah be dead yeah that's what i'm thinking i was like this is it like okay great i, I got the selection yeah but i'm gonna be worth nothing yeah and that was my biggest concern and once you're at the dauphine it's too late to take a break. Yeah, shit, yeah. So I can't shut it down now. So. And you go in altitude. What are you going to do? Shut it down yeah. at the team training camp when you're still trying to get selected? Exactly. So I was like, well, I mean, I'm going to try to carry this, and it's either going to go one or two ways. Either I'm going to be great or I'm going to really suck. And you were great because what I saw was stage three and four had the polka dot jersey. Yeah, <laughs> that was another pleasant surprise. Uh, I got to take the polka dot jersey at the Tour de France, but... It all worked out in the end. I reckon that's the dream jersey to get. Did you get all polka dotted up? Oh, yeah, you know it. Did you? Yeah, yeah. 
socks, gloves. Uh, so I got the helmet, the glasses, and then the they gave me a red and was it red and white? I guess water wild cages. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know it. Yeah, Knicks. No, I didn't get the Knicks. Damn it. Oh yeah, I wish. I know. So it's like because you, if you get it just like early on too, they're like. Well, how long are you really going to hold it for? Exactly. And like, they need probably a couple of days to produce that sort of stuff. Yeah. Right, right. I still see the helmet kicking around on the bus. I want to take it You home. should have that. Yeah, I know. Has anyone else had the polka dot on the team? Uh, well, Finney had it right before me. Yeah, right. Okay, I yeah, of course. Took it from him. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, and then, you know, is that something now you desire to do this year or from then on, or was that sort of enough for you? What was the whole goal around the tour? Was it just to do the tour or was it... I don't know, tell me. I mean, I, I grow up, especially being an American, watching the tour. Like, that's the biggest race in the U.S. And so I think the goal at first was to do the tour. But then my girlfriend said to me, I remember this before the race, she said, you've made the tour team, that's a goal, but don't stop there. Yeah. Like, you now you... Look for a a better goal to succeed in the Giro or the Tour or go for the polka dot jersey. And so so I took that. Okay, I made the Tour team, but now I want to do something in the Tour. I want to go for breakaways or help uh, re-go out when I can. So Mm. I, yeah, it was amazing to make the Tour team, but I wanted them to do more. That's a crucial point because, like, as soon as you stop having that goal, yeah, it's amazing how quickly you plateau and then, well, you, whatever you're in, you sort of, if it's in a race, you fall out of that race, whatever. If you don't have that goal there continually, yeah. I mean, if I didn't have a goal in the tour, I just would have ridden around France for 21 days, and mm. I don't think I, at the end, I think I would have looked back and been like disappointed. We were discussing this the other day, actually, with the sprint stage and. A few of you guys were saying that normally in the sprint stages you're not involved that much in the sprints, you know, which is understandable too. It's like get in safe and whatever. And I don't know whether it was exactly me, but I was like, you know what, we can use you guys. So I think I just I roped you in and was like, you're going to get us to whatever it was, 10k to go, and I used you as much as you could. And I didn't know how you felt about that, but I remember after the race you were like, you know what, I really love that because it gave me a focal point in the race something to do and that worked on that goal um yeah is that how it's sort of you like that in the races as well like in the sprint is that is that exactly how you felt with that yeah exactly i i like to have a goal and to like shoot for something because if if in a team meeting i don't really the directors don't tell me to really do anything i i almost feel like i'm wandering around lost in the peloton Mm. So I like to have like even if it's a stupid as stupid as like Nate, your job today is get bottles all day. Yeah. Then I have something to focus on yeah. the rest of the day. Like okay, I'm gonna get bottles. I'm gonna get bottles. And you'll do more, but at least there's yeah. that that first goal. Exactly. Yeah. I'll do I, to the max I can, but I have the first goal mm. that I can focus on. And as like you said in the sprint days, normally they never asked me to help in the sprint day. So I just sit at the back and then ride in. Mm. But then you're like, okay, Nate, we need you to take us to 10 K to go. So then I'm like, all right, game on. Let's yeah, do this. It was good. Yeah. It was handy. Yeah. Really yeah. handy. I enjoyed it too. It's nice to know <coughs> I did something that helped Sasha get his result. 
Yeah. Well, it saves us, saves us one of us having to do that job and exactly. do it really well. All right. Well, then let's talk about this race. Let's talk about the Giro. I've got a couple of questions here. Um, so, how many Giros is this for you? Giris, as um, Joe told me. <laughs> this is number three. <coughs> is that? Yeah. I thought it was only your second one. No, number three. 15, 16, and now 18. All right, you've got a pretty good feel for this one so far. How's it feeling compared to the last two? Hardest one I've ever done. Really? I think I would go as far as saying hardest Grand Tour I've done. Whoa! Yeah, so far. And I don't think it's getting easier. I like that. Yeah. And before this, I thought the 2015 Giro was by far the hardest Grand Tour I've ever done. I thought I would never do a Grand Tour like that again. And this one is... What's making it harder for you? I think the way it's raced. But with that said, I also think I'm more involved in the race. 2015, I was more... It was my second Grand Tour, my second year on the team, and I was still learning a lot. Mm. So I think I was just more focused on finishing, and now I feel like I'm more part of the race. I'm helping the team out more. So I think that also is making it harder. Because, yeah. like, I'm at the pointing point end of the races, helping the guys. Each day. Each day, yeah. instead of just riding in. Yeah, that's true. Like, when you said, like, on those sprint days, maybe you literally had a day off. Yeah, yeah. normally it's I ride in and then finish two, three minutes off the back, and it's an easier day. And physically easier, but also mentally a lot easier. Exactly. That's the side that I think is building up also for me, is that every day it's switch on. Yeah. You know, like yesterday was, you know, I might see the re- results, but like I came in right at the back, but the first 80K of that race was just game on mentally as well. And it wears you out that. Yeah. Yeah. The way we're racing this Giro is, yeah, mentally too, it's breakaways are taking two hours to go and like to be mentally switched on for two hours like that, it oh, takes a lot out of you. Yeah. Aside from the physical side. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Good call. Um, what do you like and what do you hate about the Giro? Ooh. I... I love... I, I just love racing in Italy. I love the fans in Italy. I I would say I love the food in Italy, but we have a chef, so that really doesn't matter. Yeah. But just... Italy has a special place. I don't know. I really like it here. Mm. Why do I, I hate about the Giro? Mm. I don't know. This year, the transfers have been quite long. Mm. Quite long. Yesterday was pretty epic. Yeah, yesterday we had a three-hour transfer. Yeah, at the end of a long stage. Yep. Thank God we had the rest day today. But, yeah, it was... I remember getting up after ages in the bus, and you're like... Expecting the tw- yeah. oh, how far to go? Twenty k. They got yeah, one hundred and ten k. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I remember yeah. that. <laughs> I literally went back and <laughs> tried to find some sleep. Um, you more or less answered this. Best thing about being in Italy for a month: the cappuccinos in the morning. Yeah, yeah. I mean, every morning I brought my own coffee and and like I've been struggled struggling to like get use, through it, get yeah. through it because it's like, well, the cappuccinos are down there and they're so fast. Have you noticed that? Yeah. Like you order one, the next thing you're like, it's coming. You're like, that mustn't be for me. And I'm like, oh, it is. Yeah. Or or you have like two all of a sudden. You're like, well, yeah. I just ordered one. 
I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. I'll take it anyways. Um, um, what was the what was the Peloton talk yesterday? Um, personally, I thought I thought the Peloton was going to be tired yesterday after as hard as we've been racing, but they um they continued to attack and attack and race very aggressively. But I think the Peloton is starting to get on edge. Yeah, it's getting grumpy. Uh, if you bump into someone, people are starting to yell more quickly. Yeah. Um, you can definitely feel the tension in the Peloton now. And I think that's just everyone getting tired. Well, I think one thing I found funny cause no one was really, so what happened yesterday, if anyone hadn't seen it is it was a long time for the break to go slightly uphill start. Slightly was uphill start mm. for like let's say 80k yeah and 25 guys got away and we only had one guy in it our sprinter Sasha and um we ended up trying to chase that group back because we weren't happy with it and what happened there was the whole peloton was like we've had enough 25 guys are gone it should be over and then we start pulling so we were not the favorites of a lot of people and after we hit the next climb, I went out the back and you boys went on and we all were in different groups. But Joe told me that quite a lot of riders were coming up to him and, and expressing their um, disappointment or their their feelings with him about it. Then, did that happen to you? Not to me, but Hugh was in my group and he definitely heard it from a couple people. I just tried to like stay in the back. <laughs> I, I knew people were very unhappy with this because like you said, like everyone was already tired and they're just... Us included. Yeah, us yeah. included. And everyone was just done. They're like, yeah. all right, 25 guys, it's over. Let's just ride. The GC guys will fight it out later. And then all of a sudden it's like, whoa. EF is on what's EF doing and then yeah. we're just riding the front and then we just blow it apart on the climb and people are just they're furious at this point like, <laughs> what, what is going on and they think that we're not furious having a ride yeah you know? like oh yeah we're loving it up yeah, here yeah it's like oh these guys just want want to do this it's like nah I'm suffering too up yeah. here so that was probably the pillow talk yesterday is that Everyone was talking about us, True. I guess. We yeah. actually, yeah, we were the talk of the peloton. Yeah, nice. Well, I have to make mention, too, of... Yeah, what does what he say? Gmo, Gmo, Gmo d'Italia. It's the Gmo d'Italia. We've all bo- got on board of the Mo's. So have a look for us in the peloton. Um, I'm not alone anymore. All the boys are sporting a pretty good Mo at the moment. Nate is up there with, with the best, I reckon. Yeah, I mean, I got voted the second best Mo of the team right now. Uh, Wanma is the director has the best, but give me until Rome. I think I, I may overtake her. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. is going to be pretty happy. You know what? The Mrs. says I can do what I want, so she's coming to Rome. It's we'll, your face. Yeah, we'll yeah. see. She may uh, disagree in person. She may tell me I have to shave it. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, thanks, mate. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. Have a good sleep.